great soloists, inspiring musicians, magical conductors, simply sublime music. Welcome to the sound of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Coming up on the podcast, exploring the orchestra's resident home at Cadogan Hall. The RPO have been with us since day one. They are our resident orchestra. Their main thrust of concerts represent our flagship programme. The finest music, the finest musicians. Welcome to the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra.
with its famous Land of Hope and Glory melody that was Elgar's Pomp and Circumstance March number one. Welcome to the sound of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, symphonic masterpieces played by a world-class orchestra. The Royal Philharmonic Orchestra performs in many prestigious venues across the UK, but have their base in London at the mighty Royal Albert Hall and the more modest Cadogan Hall, just a stone's throw from Sloane Square. It seats just shy of a thousand people in its beautiful auditorium, but has great ambitions, and it's pleased to report a healthy increase in concert goers year on year. Adam McGinley is the general manager at the Cadogan Hall. He outlined the history of this landmark building. A lady called Mary Baker Eddy established the first church of Christ Scientist back in 1879 and uh, it took off and they wanted to have a London base so they commissioned an architect to build this beautiful building and the first block of this building was laid in 1907 and they operated as a church well for a terrific number of years really right through I think until the 1980s but really a result of dwindling congregations by that time and uh, spiralling costs of maintaining a property of this size here in Chelsea was such that, that they moved out. They still exist and going strong but just not here in this building and then Cadogan Estates took ownership of the building and we had our 10th anniversary last year but in between the church and Cadogan taking ownership it exchanged hands a few times. Uh, Mohammed Al Fayed famously took ownership for a brief period with sat here in the center raised stalls with a great view of the stage and his plans were to compartmentalize this room the upstairs in the gallery as we look around the space now we can see that it has the original pews and that accommodates 400 people that was going to be compartmentalized and going to be his bedroom uh, downstairs now well-appointed foyer he was going to have his swimming pool which on beautiful summer days if you can remember those we often think that, that would have been great but really in the end, I think his plans for the building were, were too great for the historic people and, um, and he got bored and moved away and then we took full ownership of it and then opened it, as I say, almost 10 years ago today. When you know the story of it, then you can see that, yes, of course, this was a church of some sort. It's, it's almost like a, it's a bit like a Welsh chapel, isn't it, in a, in a strange sort of way. Does that mean that it was easy to turn into a concert hall or did it have its own particular problems? The original plans of the church... Uh, to the architects were to enable the entire congregation to have an unhindered view of the service. It was a performance of its sort. And so therefore we don't have any pillars that naturally create any obstructions. And we have this soaring triple height. So in terms of its layout, it worked well. We got the acousticians in, we got some great guys in that also helped um, create the fine acoustic of Symphony Hall to work with us to establish what the sound was. And these guys, they sit at the back of the auditorium wearing headphones, listening to things we can't hear and deliver a rather large invoice to you at the end. However, they told us it was exceptional. We did introduce, as we look around the room, against the walls and on the ceiling we have what appear to be round tubes and they're resonator tubes so they help uh, affect the acoustics to a certain extent and on the back wall behind the orchestra we have two large sound boards as well um, and as a result the acoustic is actually very very fine the BBC Prom's chamber music series concerts uh, which run throughout the summer they run parallel to the main stable of concerts at the Albert Hall they're broadcast and uh, the, the acousticians there, the recorders, they tell us it's a fine acoustic. And we do a lot of recording here as well. We did have to do quite a bit of work. All of the chairs that are installed here are all perforated at the base to allow sound to travel through. 
and we're fully sound insulated. There's well, I was going to say that because it, it's very peaceful here, hmm. but we're, we're right in the centre of London, more or less, yeah. and you do have uh, two very busy roads outside and a big junction. I can't hear anything. No, that's right. We're fully... The integrity of the acoustic is important, A, to, to ensure that the sound within this room doesn't escape and affect our neighbours, because believe it or not, we're in a residential area, even though we're a stone's throw from Sloane Street and King's Road, and also to prevent the ambient noise of London coming in. So actually there's quarter-inch glass between the stained, original stained glass windows and then we've got this large quarter-inch glass just in front of us to protect the acoustic and the, the sound integrity of the room. And it is peaceful, isn't it? This is the home of the uh, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. They're very happy here. I guess they've been working with you for the last 10 years or so that, that you, it's been a concert hall. They are a big orchestra, and sometimes you look at the stage and think, well, is that is that really big enough to get them all on? They all, they all do get on, don't they? They do indeed, yes. That's right, the RPO have been with us since day one. They are our resident orchestra. Their main thrust of concerts represent our flagship programme. We have another concert series called the Zurich International Orchestral Series with orchestras of a similar standing coming over. And those two programmes combined really are our are the foundation for our large-scale orchestral programme. And you're right, the repertoires are very popular, classical, romantic periods, and they do tend to be the larger forces. And our stage can accommodate 80 on the platform before we have to deploy a stage extension, which would allow greater forces. However, invariably, we, we don't have to do that. We can perform in this in an original configuration. We don't have to remove any desks of strings. For sure, it can take the roof off when they're in full swing. Of course, depending on, on who's on who's the maestro, we can get some very subtle... The, the room allows for subtlety as well. But however, the big pieces, the stirring pieces, those that make the hairs on, on your arms stand up, do particularly well here. And you can look at the repertoire and you can imagine what it's going to sound like and audiences in, enjoy that level of intimacy and that powerful sound that surrounds you in an intimate hall here at Cadogan. From September 2017 through to June 2018, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra brings you a feat of electric orchestral repertoire that showcases some of the young and dynamic talent that the world has to offer. Featuring renowned international soloists such as the pianists Alexandra Daniescu and Dmitry Masliv, as well as the cellist Leonard Elsenrak and violinist Esther Yu, this is a season not to be missed.
was the virtuosic pianist Natasha Peremsky performing the third movement of Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto in B-flat minor with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Following the success of John Rutter's 70th birthday concert in 2015, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra collaborate with John Rutter once again at the awe-inspiring St Paul's Cathedral. This concert will feature some of the most mesmerising pieces of music ever written, including Vaughan Williams' Tranquil Fantasia on a Theme by Thomas Tallis, a special premiere written by John Rutter himself, and Foray's Magnificent Requiem. Join the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and John Rutter for this special concert at St Paul's Cathedral on the 26th of October 2017.
That was Saint-Saëns' Danse Macabre with Michael Davis on violin. 
Saint-Saëns originally wrote that piece as a song setting in 1873, with the lyrics telling the grisly story of a scene in a graveyard, with death playing the fiddle and skeletons darting through the shadows. But discontents with the result, Saint-Saëns later expanded the vocal setting into the much larger symphonic poem we just heard. Thank you for listening to the sound of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Tune in to our next episode in a fortnight, where we will take a behind-the-scenes tour at one of London's premier music venues, the Royal Albert Hall. We can categorise ourselves properly as the, most, the busiest building in the world. If you would like more information about the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, please visit rpo.co.uk.